People are so panicking about purpose. And in fact, it's not about purpose. It's about following the golden thread of curiosity. Curiosity moves you towards purpose. And in the act of being curious, you are, you are more on purpose than you've ever been because your curiosity is unique to you, which means that your how becomes much more important than your what. Because the what is that need for the outcome that you are desperate to anchor into, which is irrelevant because nobody can tell us what's coming. Nobody, not one person. Welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress come from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. Good morning and good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this from, all the way from Berlin. This is John Sane, one half of the podcast, and I'm always joined by my ever-elegant podcast co-host, Eric Kruger, in freezing Cape Town. Uh, how are you doing down there, Cape Town? Freezing, yeah. Citizen? Freezing is the absolute correct term to use for this morning. Yes, I've heard. I was just doing a talk before this, and I, I, I was just standing absolutely dead still. I could not move. I think it was maybe the most boring keynote they've ever watched. Unsure of like if I'm even on screen or if I'm frozen. It, but I literally felt frozen. Frozen. How's Berlin? Berlin is actually last year. Uh, apparently, summer was in the forties, but today it's and then it's been like 15, 20 degrees. For our American listeners, I know that means nothing to you. And every time I'm in America, they're like, hey, man, it's so hot. It's 105. I'm like, I don't know what that means yeah, at all. That means nothing, nothing to me. Nothing, yeah, Fahrenheit. So, yeah, Celsius. It's like overcast. Uh, I'm wearing a jacket and pants, if that makes any sense. And uh, yesterday, I spent the whole day walking. I'm, I did 16 kilometers yesterday just walking to wow. Charlie's checkpoint. Wow. I went to the longest piece of the wall that's still up in eastern uh, Berlin. How amazing. I mean, East, East Berlin and West Berlin are fundamentally different. It's everything from the architecture, the energy, the gardens, all very different, very, very different. So really interesting, um, very interesting seeing the self-expression in Berlin. You know, we were sitting at a park on Sunday afternoon watching a well, band. Uh, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Just to, just to quickly uh, interject there, yes. is that this trip of yours is fundamentally different to about 200 other trips that you've done in your lifetime, right? That is correct. Expand on that. Well, you are not a solo traveler for this trip. This is this is the whole point, right? So I, I, I decided that my traveling around the world was very exciting, but it was constantly me walking in Rome, me walking in Copenhagen, me walking in, I don't know, Rio. It's just me. And so I decided I need a partner, you know, I need a beloved partner and I did the work and I've attracted an amazing lady into my life. And now Wendy and I are exploring together, except, except I was actually speaking to her this morning. She's in MBA lectures for two weeks. So I see her at, <laughs> until 9.30 and then I see her again at six. So I'm actually solo traveling again, but not solo traveling. Cool. <laughs> so there's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a mix. So all of you have to ease yourself in. Exactly. So like a little bit of, yeah, yeah exactly, a little bit of travel. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But Good. let me tell you, we were on the, before we get into today's pods uh, topic, uh, we were in the park on Sunday afternoon at a flea market and um, a Sunday afternoon, like, I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon, watching a band, people were eating food, like relaxing, like any flea market market. This couple arrives, uh, male and female couple, both wearing lingerie and suspenders. And not one person battered an eyelid. They just sat down next to everybody. Just, just not, there was no... <laughs> 
<laughs> not one person <laughs> said anything, thought anything, nothing. Just me and Wendy were like, okay, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Berlin. So a, a total freedom what? of expression, a total freedom of expression. I have never seen such a freedom of expression. Nobody gives two hoots. And I just think to myself, what would I, who would I have become if I had grown up in a society like this? How much would I have expressed myself differently given the rules that many other societies have? And in South Africa, I think we have a very conservative approach to life and what we do to fit in and fit out. In Dubai, there's a certain level of conservativeness, obviously. But Berlin, my God, there is zero boxes to fit into. You can be anything, everything, and all of it all together. And everybody's like, good stuff. Actually, somebody yesterday was saying they lived in Berlin for two years. Not one person asked them what they do for work. Not wow. one person. They're like, what do you like? What music do you like? What? So it's all about culture. It's all about expression and culture here, yeah, which is, I've never been to a city like this. So I'm loving exploring it, watching the people just exploring the city, you know, it's been a fascinating, fascinating couple of days. Very, very interesting. Um, I've never been to Berlin. It's, I think Dan has been a few times, uh, but it's, yeah, it's on my to-do list. Yeah, I highly recommend it. But let's get stuck into today's pod. If you're ready, Eric, anything you want to add in before we get into it? No, no, let's go for it. I know you have to get to museums and you have to, uh, I was lambasted before the pod for uh, my tardiness of like being a few minutes late yes, because there are museums yes, to yes, explore yes, and coffees to go drink. Yes, so yes, yes. People I'm sorry must for know. inconveniencing yes, your exactly, holiday. Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. My, <laughs> my tours have been waiting for Eric Kruger to finish his keynote. And uh, so here we are. So today's pod is about us asking better questions. And I think what we have to realize is that when information wasn't ubiquitously available for us as human beings, before Google and before the internet, what we had was a very limited access to information. I often think about our lives pre-internet and just think about how slow we grew, how slow we evolved just because of a lack of access to information. And then add on top of that the, the propaganda machines that were all very, very wide awake way before we were forcing us to learn X, Y, and Z that they wanted us to learn. So now that we have the internet, we have ubiquitous information, which means that everybody's got access to knowledge and everybody's got access to all the information in the world. So it's not so much about what you, what you know, it's about how good are your questions about what you do with the information. And so it was Carl Fussman many years ago who said to me, change your questions, change your life. You ask better questions, you will, you will have a better life. And so... Yesterday, I was in a briefing session with a big organization, a global consultancy, and they asked me to work with their executives to come and tell them about AI. And you and I have done many AI webinars and workshops together. And what we always complain about is that every time we apply ourselves to the new webinar, we have to go and research everything from scratch because everything's changed. And, and what's happened in, in my process is it's actually irrelevant what the latest AI tools are. And the reason is, is that you quite literally can't keep up with all of them. So like there's 2,000 a day being launched and that's just going to become 10,000 a day. And so I said to the executive team, I said, I think your question of what the executives need to know about AI is wrong because what you're looking for is somebody to come and tell you, here are the top 10 AI tools 
and the extrapolation of these tools into the future. But hardly anybody will actually apply any of those things because adaptability and asking questions to adapt to them become the most difficult thing that we do. So we think because we've got access to knowledge and information, something will happen. In fact, nothing happens. It's an overwhelm. When I was at the world's, um, uh, I think it was about six months ago, I was at uh, Museum of the Future, the gathering, the largest gathering of futurists in the world for that conference, that two-day conference. Every single speaker, every single workshop, every single panel discussion had the same complaint. No implementation after strategy sessions. And that was a continuous theme. And the reason is, is that we are thinking that just by understanding what is needed, we will naturally adapt. And I think the bigger question is not what, but how. Now, my last piece on this is that if we go back in history, we'll see that in agricultural times, there was no need to know what. There was no need to be analytical. There's no need to be logical. The rules were quite simple for 10,000 years in the agricultural era was follow your forefathers, follow the season and work the fields. Do was your process. But as soon as do got replaced by steam engines, tractors, and factories, then do became irrelevant and it became what. And so we built what knowledge, IQ, and what became the thing. So if we knew what we had to do, we would then process and move forward. But now we're moving from what to how. It's not so much about the what, it's about the how you approach the information, how you engage with it, how quickly can you unlearn to relearn. And the greatest quote in today's age that we should all be practicing is strong opinions held loosely. What you have always thought to be right and wrong is not always necessarily right or wrong. It can change morally, societally. It can change technologically. It can just change. And if you keep stuck to that old way of thinking, then really you've got no chance to deal with what's happened. So I think today's part is really just about encapsulating, asking better questions and moving from a panic of knowing what is going on to relaxing into understanding how to react to whatever is coming forward. Yeah, you know, I, I see it every day as well in uh, many of the teams that I work with, but also in my own life, that we want the output and we get so fixated on that through the tools and the methods and the structures and the models and the frameworks, but we're not stepping back into the, well, what do we need in order to cultivate all of that? What do we need for all of that to actually work in the long term? And the metaphor perhaps to think about is, we want this beautiful garden full of this wide variety of flowers. And what we do is we go on the internet and we see all these tools, right? All these different flowers. And we go like, oh, like I want to grow sunflowers and roses. And like, I want to do all these things. And that's, I like, come talk to me about that. But actually what you need first is, is your soil fertile? Like you, you worrying about flowers, wrong place to start. Start with the soil. Is the soil Fertile. How do you how do you make sure that it's uh, the type of environment that will support the growth of those flowers? So where I see this with teams, for example, is it's quite clear to me that that high performance teams have three levers to pull: team environment, coordination, and communication. Coordination and communication is the what needs to happen. So it is how we align people around certain team behaviors. And it's the communication, which is how do we give each other feedback? How do we hold each other accountable? And communication, by the way, 
I think is probably the biggest thing the teams struggle with. Not teams, humans, 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 yeah, yeah. humans. Well, humans. That's, yeah. well, that's why yeah, teams that struggle teams. with it. Yeah, it's because, and I'm, I've seen this in every workshop that I go into, like everywhere. Like at some point, this comes out as an, a, a content, a contentious issue. But also, when we were doing Tara, we had 180 teams going through this little AI tool, and when we looked at the data, what came out was communication. If you read between the lines, communication was the biggest issue for most teams. So what do we do? Communication breaks down. My go-to is I need a framework or a model. I need to encourage people to be more open and honest. And so what do we do? We sit in meetings and we go, well, listen, you know, we have these issues in the team and I want you to be open and honest with me today about what we can do to make it better. And what do you hear? Nothing. Crickets. You, you are met with silence or you are met with lies. Yeah. One of those two things. Yeah. Why? Because you are, you are starting at the same time, simultaneously, you were starting at the right and wrong place. It's the right place in that it's good that you are taking the step to think about frameworks and models to put in place. It's the wrong starting point though. You should be starting with the team environment, which is what we've spoken about before, psychological safety, criticality of teamwork. If you don't get the soil to the right state, you could never grow a flower in that soil. If you don't get the team environment to a place where it's conducive to those behaviors, those behaviors will never exist. And so we go further and how this applies to adaptability. We can talk about all the different AI tools and all the Web3 things and all the NFT things. And oh, by the way, did you see, did you see that one NFT, the dude, uh, Jack Dorsey from, from Twitter? Yeah. Remember his NFT sold for like $4 million? Yeah. Now, a According to OpenSea, it's worth $2 wow. or $4. It's like, yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, so, so we can talk about all these tools and all these things that we need to do, but you will never get to that if you don't start with fertile soil. And the fertile soil is going to be, to what level are you adaptable to the changes that are happening around you? And you might think that you are quite adaptable, but there are very high chances that, that you not. aren't as adaptable <laughs> yeah. as you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you want the tools because it gives you a bit of comfort and certainty because I can just play around with ah, this. Oh, hang on a second. That is huge. Your request for what is your panic of not being able to how. And so the less you ask for what, the more confident you are in your how because it becomes irrelevant what the what is. Because it's today, it's crypto. Tomorrow, it's in NFT. Next week, it's in aliens. Next week, it just, it just keeps moving, right? And so you, you keep... Are, are you looking for an anchor point because of our addiction to certainty, because of our high beta brainwave, because of our educational system, I need info, I need info, I need info, I need, and then we do nothing with it. There's an overwhelm. So you're, you're so right. That is such a good point is when you start to ask the right questions of the how, what becomes irrelevant, you figure that out as you go along through the process. I made a video the other day about people are so panicking about purpose. And in fact, it's not about purpose. It's about following the golden thread of curiosity. Curiosity moves you towards purpose. And in the act of being curious, you are, you are more on purpose than you've ever been because your curiosity is unique to you, which means that your how becomes much more important than your what. Because the what is that need for the outcome that you are desperate to anchor into, which is irrelevant because nobody can tell us what's coming. Nobody, not one person. Yeah, yeah. That's a great analogy. Mm. What, this, what this points at for me is the incredible need that we have 
to raise our self-awareness. And even just like what we, what we spoke about now, the fact that you can realize I, I get caught up in the tools because I'm not quite sure about myself. I feel like if I, if I know the tool that I, I, there's a certain certainty that is created for me, um, I think what happens is we start spinning our wheels in the pursuit of trying to figure out all these tools and we don't actually make any progress. Yeah. You know, and it, but it feels good because I'm, I'm doing something. But when you like, when you slow down and you think about, am I really making progress or am I just trying to fill my time with things that make me feel like I'm making progress? Then you realize that actually you, like you, you're going down the wrong In path. industrial times, it was the right thing to do. That was the right thing because time was slower. The more knowledge you had, the more better decisions you could make because things were slow. You had time. You don't have time today. You think you have time. You don't have time. So what is irrelevant? How becomes everything? And so I think, I think the old way of doing things was exactly that. And I think that's why people are stuck in it. That's why they, they don't know how to move towards how. And they almost think, I almost sometimes get a feeling that they think that the how is just wishy-washy. It's like the soft skill. Oh, don't worry about that. The how's like, yeah, don't worry about the how. And that's actually the worst thing to say because it's actually the how that it becomes the new skill. This is AQ, right? AQ squared, awareness and adaptability quotient, the new IQ. And in order for you to be aware, you need to be able to be calm, to be engaging with information as often as possible to be able to ingest it, digest it, and become adaptable with it. And so that awareness and, 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 and adaptability quotient become your superpower as you start to move into this future because... Nobody knows what's coming. And this is exactly what I saw to the executive team yesterday. I said, you're asking the wrong question, man. And, and they were totally on board once I explained it to them. Totally. They were like, oh, you're absolutely right. And so again, this part is about what better questions can you ask about you and your future? And if I can give you one tip, just one tip, how quickly can I change my awareness is the only question you need to be asking yourself. And then you ask yourself, what is my awareness? My awareness is my personality. What is my personality? It's the way I think, act, and feel. How do I think about thinking differently? How do I change the adaptability in my brain as quickly as possible? That's it. There's, there's actually nothing else. There's nothing else to do. Nothing else. Yeah. What's been interesting for me recently is I've been, I think I've said to you before that research has shown only about 15%, 13 to 15% of people have a high level of self-awareness which is a very crazy stat if you think about it, that we go through 85% of people you're going to meet today think they have a high level of self-awareness, but they don't. And if you think how critical it is to have self-awareness, to realize that most people don't have it, it's actually quite frightening. And I mean, I see this when I'm working with teams that people perpetually live in this blind spot where they feel they know themselves, but they don't. Uh, and it's easy to get fooled by that because we we kind of sense that we should know ourselves because I am me, so I should know the things about me. But it doesn't work like that. So but what I wanted to say is I, I've recently felt like I've tapped into a slightly higher level of self-awareness. I've, I've noticed more of my own patterns. I've noticed more of my own responses. And the only thing that I contribute it to is sustained effort in self-awareness. I think that what self-awareness is, is it's like a muscle. It's not an on-off switch. It's a muscle that you build over time. And 
the same way that you can lift five kgs today and 10 kgs tomorrow and 15 kgs tomorrow and 20 kgs late down the line. Today, you see this little bit of yourself. And tomorrow, with practice and sustained effort, you get to a little bit more and a little bit more. And you start seeing more and more and more of your patterns and they become more readily available to you. And you also know what to look for. Perhaps that's a big part of self-awareness is that as we get to know our patterns, we get to see them just so much easier. It doesn't take that long to notice, oh, I'm back in this pattern. Survival mode is always the best example for me. I know because we've spoken about it ad nauseum on this podcast, <laughs> because we've both written books about survival mode, by now, when I enter into survival mode, even if it's for a day, I can go, okay, I see what's happening here. You're... Like your your brain is running away with you. I'm thinking about all these worst case scenarios. Like, okay, time out. I see what's happening. This isn't me like going deeper down the, the survival mode rabbit hole. This is me stopping this thought pattern. And I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to change my state. That, I'm going it. to do something else. I go to meditate, yeah. dude. I meditate sometimes three, four times a day because I'm like, ah, I'm going the wrong way. Wrong state way. is wrong. State yeah. is wrong. Yeah. yeah. But But to get to that point, you need the... Something needs to change. Like, oh, oh, I've seen this. I've seen this before. I know this pattern. Oh, I can see my response. It's almost like, you know, when we deliver a keynote, you are always looking at the audience in a, in a few different ways. You are delivering the keynote, but you're also looking at people's responses. You're also thinking about what's coming next. Yeah. And it's kind of having that same thing. It's like, with yourself. Okay, I'm the person doing the thing, but I'm also thinking about the response. I'm also thinking about what I'm going to do in the future. So, Actually, what I just want to say, it's a very long-winded way of saying it. There's a quote that's been stuck in my head now for a few weeks. It's from Voltaire. It says, no problem can withstand the assault of sustained thinking. Wow. I love that. I wow. love the articulation of it. And so that's been, I've been thinking about that in every possible way that whatever you want, you know, if you want it, it, it can't withstand the assault of sustained yeah, effort, of sustained thinking, of sustained yeah. iteration, of sustained, accretion. you know, it's exactly. another yeah, accretion. Yeah. It's again, back it's to another accretion. accretion. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I, wow. I, it actually just took my breath away. That quote, that's beautiful. It just shows that you just keep moving. Just stop being impatient. Just keep moving. Look, there was, there was a, there was a quote, uh, the other day I saw that said, they asked a guru, like some big guru in India, they said, what is the deepest truth that you can tell us about reality? And he said, I don't think you're ready to hear this. They're like, no, 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 please tell us. What is the deepest truth about reality? He said, uh, you're the only one here. Everybody sure. else is just a projection. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about that as you, and then I'm sure some of our listeners know about Ho'oponopono, but if you don't, Ho'oponopono is an ancient Hawaiian methodology to change your relationships with everything in your reality. And what the rules are for Ho'oponopono is that one, there's two rules. One, you're responsible for every, everything in your reality. Two, you can change everything if you are responsible for all of it. And the four ways that you go about changing things is by saying the four following terms. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I love you. And if you think about somebody you don't like and you have an issue with, or you have money issues or relationship issues or health issues, Think about that person, think about that problem and go, thank you. What have I learned from this? What have I learned from you? No matter how much I hate you, you might've hurt me. What have I learned? And there's always something you can be thankful for. 
And then you say, what am I sorry for? What was my part in this? Because trust me, you're not innocent. Uh, it takes two to tango. And then please forgive me for my part. And then I love you because you're actually just another human being trying his or her best. And I can see you empathetically. Immediately what starts to happen is that person's energetic resonance towards you starts to change and yours towards them starts to change, which means that every single person that we engage with has a multiple, multiple, multiple types of personalities that we project onto, then reflect back to us. And this responsibility that we have to ask the right questions and watch our own patterns, we start to realize that everybody is just a projection and a reflection of ourselves. I mean, this has gone on a very different caveat to how we started the pod, but yeah, this is, <laughs> but if you want to go down to the deepest, deepest truths is that everybody's reflecting and projecting back to you. That's it. There is no standard government. There is no standard education system. There's no standard money. There's no standard technology. Everything is your experience of it. And so asking the question and taking responsibility for that perspective puts you in such a uncomfortable, but powerful position. Uncomfortable because you have to take responsibility for your own, all your own bullshit, all your own uh, uh, issues and challenges and projections and insecurities. But the minute you do that, all you're like, oh, hang on a second. That's actually me. I'm creating this havoc here. I'm looking for this trouble. I'm seeking out uh, insecurity uh, confirmations or whatever it may be that we're looking for, you know? And uh, so again, what questions are you asking? How intelligent are the questions? Who's helping you formulate the, the questions? And really, the ultimately is, how can I ask better questions? And how do I affect my awareness as quickly as possible? There's actually nothing else, whether you're an executive, an entrepreneur, a student, a human, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I loved it. Listen, this was a great uh, episode. We, uh, we wanted to have more of an open, flowing dialogue. And I think this is very typical of, of conversations we always have. They go in many different directions all at the same time. Everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was really great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, please, before you leave this pod today, uh, remember to go and vote for the Expansive. Uh, we've been nominated for two awards. One award in career and entrepreneurship and one award in technology. And we would love and really deeply appreciate if you went to just cast a vote for us in one or ideally both of those categories. The link will be in the show notes or you can just also check out our social medias, either mine, John, or the Expansives, and you'll find the link somewhere uh, to go and vote. And we would love you for that. So thank you. John? One other request. Uh, yes. Thank you for that, Eric. Um, one other request is we are going to take on a little bit of a different angle with our podcast. And we wanting to have some guests who are on our pod who have other pods. So we want you to please recommend to us who you think we should have on our pod that has another podcast. And do you know any podcast out there that would like Eric and I on their pod? And so we're going to do a bit of a cross-pollination for the next couple of months. Uh, we haven't done this before and we wanted to experiment because we're wanting to continuously expand, try new things and experiment in new ways. So if you do have any suggestions, please do reach out to us on social. Let us know who you think would be best or even connect us with who you think we should be speaking to. And we really appreciate that. If you think this pod was helpful to you, please do share it with somebody that you think this could be helpful for. And until next week, please make sure that you ask better questions and engage with your own awareness and self-reflection as much as possible because that becomes your superpower as we move into this future of uncertainty. 
until next week.